Welcome to The Crossing, the sermon podcast from Washington National Cathedral. We're so glad you're with us, and we hope this week's episode gives you comfort and inspiration. Be sure to check out our other Crossing podcast, Tower Talks, where you can find untold stories from cathedral docents, volunteers, staff, and artists who have each helped make the cathedral into the national treasure we all love. And now, enjoy this week's sermon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of my favorite comic strips has always been Bill Waterson's Calvin and Hobbes, chronicling the adventures of a little boy and his come-to-life stuffed tiger. It hasn't been in the newspapers for years, and I probably anyone born after 1990 has no idea what I'm talking about, but I miss that little miscreant and his sardonic tiger. In one of my favorite strips of Calvin and Hobbes, Calvin is talking to Susie. Remember Susie, Calvin's arch nemesis? They were talking about a test they had just taken at school. And Calvin says to her, what grade did you get? Susie says, I got an A. Calvin replies, really? Boy, I'd hate to be you. I got a C. Curious, Susie asks, why on earth would you rather get a C than an A? To which Calvin smugly replies, I find my life is a lot easier the lower I keep everyone's expectations. I think there are people who believe that the message of John the Baptist to prepare of the way of the Lord and even, quite frankly, the birth of Jesus himself, that both of these are easier to take if we keep our expectations low. If we keep John at a distance, and if we keep Jesus as the cuddly, tiny baby lying in a manger. John isn't so scary, scary. his message isn't so tough, and the Savior, he proclaims, seems far less intimidating if we only think of Jesus as the Christmas Eve baby lying amidst the straw in a Bethlehem barn. After all, what could be less threatening than a newborn baby? But what John knows and heralds, and what we should never underestimate, is that this newborn babe grows up. And the man he becomes demands and expects quite a lot from you and me. In his gospel, Luke tells us that after Jesus was baptized by John in the River Jordan and after his 40 days alone in the wilderness, Jesus returned home to Nazareth and entered the synagogue on the Sabbath. The worshipers there knew that he was a rabbi of some kind and they invited him to read from the scriptures. So Jesus took up the scroll And he enrolled to the book of Isaiah, and he read aloud, 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The very same passage that we read this morning. After that, Jesus put the scroll away and said to everyone present, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. What Luke wants us to know is that the cute, cuddly baby Jesus who adorns our crush sets grows up to be the Savior who proclaims good news to the poor and release to the captives and sight to the blind and freedom for the oppressed. He comes to demand justice from individuals and nations alike. He comes to care for the downtrodden, the weak, the outcast, and he expects his followers to do the same. During his ministry, Jesus was not afraid to physically cast out the money changers from the temple or call the religious elite a hypocritical brood of vipers. He wasn't afraid to proclaim that the meek and the poor and the merciful and the peacemakers are the people blessed by God and not the rich and the powerful and the well-bred. He ate with tax collectors and the socially outcast, and everywhere he proclaimed that in the kingdom of God, the first will be last and the last will be first. Some time ago, pre-pandemic, I came across an article in the New York Times that began as follows. America's doing well. But there are also signs amid the prosperity that people are asking whether this is all there is. Whether driving cars the size of tanks and parking them in garages the size of gymnasiums is truly the national purpose. The article goes on to talk about the spiritual malaise felt by so many successful people the unease and the longing many people have for something more, something deeper. The fulfillment of the old promises of wealth and success and power don't seem to be as satisfying as many 